Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Well, hello and welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. It's Rich Langton speaking. And uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. It's so great that you have joined us on the Micropod. Here we are trying to explore the intersection between our creativity and our faith. And really this this Micropod, this podcast, is um, it's designed for our creative team, the Hillsong Creative team all across the world, uh, both here in Australia and in all the different countries where we meet. But it's also uh, it's for you as a creative, no matter where you feel find yourself because it's important for us as creatives uh and and i would consider you know anybody who who creates something of any kind to be a creative so it's really for anybody but but um as creatives it's it's important that we explore both our craft obviously get better at our craft but also to work out how our craft uh, intersects with our faith you know what does our faith in jesus have to do with with our art and our craft and and the gifting that we outwork every day so that's what this is about. And, um, and many of you have already subscribed. You're already regular listeners. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you guys for um, being a part of this thing that we are doing and, and the, com- the conversation that we are having. Um, so recently, I guess we have rounded off, as many of you will know in, here in Australia who are part of our team, we've rounded off the year of Team Nights Online. Uh, that's been a new thing for us in Australia. And I've been so Uh, pleased to be able to innovate in our team nights and to be able to bring them to a wider audience online um, because we've been wanting to do that for a long time our team nights are pretty special and uh, and I think they're a real focus for for people and a and a a watering hole I hope for for our faith um, both for our team and, and beyond but we've rounded off those for the year and now we are heading into in Australia here, our summer series. Uh, and so we're going to be changing up some of the content that we're, that we're bringing to you. We're going to be changing up uh, who you hear from and how you hear from us. So with that in mind, we have a really special uh, message today from Brooke Ledgerwood, who many of you will know is from, she heads up uh, Hillsong Worship uh, for us. She lives in LA with her husband, Scott, and their beautiful kids. And she had in her heart a message for our team that we felt was really pertinent to bring to the podcast today. It's called The Secret Life of Us. And I believe it's a really pertinent message for right now, but it's a really foundational message for all times. And so we're going to jump into it now and listen to Brooke's message. It's, as I said, for our team, but But if you're listening, we'd love to share it with you as well. No matter where you find yourself, I believe that this message will, if you take it to heart, will give you some foundations for how you live. And and at the end of a year, heading into another new year, it's a good time to sort of sort some stuff out and and fix some stuff up and maybe start some new habits. Uh, So I'd encourage you to listen with that in mind. And uh, I pray it's a blessing to you and that you enjoy it. So here's Brooke. So glad that you've joined us and I will talk to you soon. Enjoy. Hey guys, I am so excited and honoured and humbled to be with you tonight. Thank you, Pastor Cassandra Langton, um, for this wonderful invitation. And I'm honoured to be spending these few moments with you. Get your Bibles, get a cup of tea or your bottle of water, whatever you need. um, And let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for our creative team around the world. I thank you, Lord, for their hearts, for you and for worship and for your presence and for your glory. I pray that in these moments we spend together that you would inhabit our time, um, that your Holy Spirit would be operating um, in and through the words that you have entrusted me with and um, that you would continue to work and bless um, the lives of these incredible people. Bind us together for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So there was a show in Australia in the early noughties that I never watched because I was in New Zealand. It's quite a different place. Um, but it was called The Secret Life of Us. Um, I googled it. Apparently it was about a bunch of friends living in an apartment block in Melbourne and their drama. So I think it was like friends, but not funny. And I'm taking my cue for this little talk with you from, from that title, Secret Life of Us. When I was a little girl, I had a secret life. I grew up in Lower Hutt, New Zealand, uh, and New Zealand has the best chocolate in the world. I know all you Swiss people are getting a little bit of offended, but I'm gonna kind of go with it and say that New Zealand chocolate is some of the best in the world. And part of my secret life was Easter chocolate. Every Easter, when the Easter bunny would come or my mum and dad's work would have a Easter egg hunt for all the kids, I would carefully collect all the chocolate that I had gathered throughout the day. And instead of hoeing down on my stash at the end of the day, like my brothers did, I would put it in the back of a shelf in my closet. And then in the months that followed, when I wanted a little something, something, my brothers had exhausted their treat allowance, but I would get to go into my room and enjoy some of the most wonderful chocolate in the world. So Easter chocolate was part of my secret life. Another part of my secret life was mementos of a strange kind. And I know this is really weird, but I would keep mementos of my more major injuries. So once um, my finger was slammed in the door and I lost the fingernail, so I kept the fingernail. I got some little match boxes with some gauze and I'd place the <laughs> fingernail in there, kind of disgusting. Um, Part of childhood in New Zealand, at least in my childhood, was climbing on the wood pile in the winter. And once I got a little piece of wood embedded in my calf, which was extracted and also made its way to the matchboxes. And then, not the little scabs, but any like major scabs that I had, straight into the pool room or the matchbox, as was my equivalent. Um, I know that's really weird. I think mementos of my wounds. One of the other things I would do um, is I loved music. So I'd go into the back lounge of our house, I'd barricade the door so that my brothers couldn't barge in and I would get the Beaches soundtrack on CD, which my parents owned. I would put it on and I would sit and look out the window and let a solitary tear roll down my cheek as Bette Midler serenaded me. Um, I was a very dramatic child. Um, one day, however, something happened. My parents had cottoned on to what I was doing and I guess they thought it was cute and would be good to capture on film. So my dad actually preempted me going into the lounge, went in there with our family video camera, hid behind the couch, and then as I was in full beaches mode, uh, was recording, there was a creak, I looked towards the noise, I realised what was happening, that I was being recorded, and I threw the biggest fit of my life. I was distraught that my secret life had been exposed. <laughs> Can I ask us, as the worshipping community, as the creatives of Hillsong Church, what would we do if our secret life was exposed? What does it look like? We often, when we grow up, our Easter chocolate and our um, matchboxes of scabs can become things that are more sinister or even sinful. So often when we think of secret lives being exposed, our minds go to the negative because they're often the things that make the headlines, if not in the media, then in our lives. But the Christian, the follower of Jesus, is actually called to have an entirely different kind of secret life. 
Absolutely not the act of partnership with sin, but a secret life hidden with Christ and God, as Colossians 3, 3 says. And that's the kind of secret life that I want us to think about and talk about today. The secret life of us, a secret life in Jesus. So we're going to talk about three questions as we do that. Number one, what did Jesus teach us about the secret life? Number two, what are the signs of a flourishing secret life? And number three, how do we cultivate a secret life? A secret life is necessary for the believer because he is the vine and we are the branches. There is a connectivity that isn't fleeting in order to bear fruit, but an abiding, a personal and private abiding from which all true eternal fruitfulness flows. All authority and, and favour flow from that place. All resilience and courage and boldness and spiritual equipping come from that secret life. So let's be people who cultivate a vibrant one. What did Jesus teach us about the secret life? Chapters five to seven of the book of Matthew, some of my favorite passages of scripture in all of the Bible, we hear Jesus teaching us with such clarity about what the kingdom of God looks like and about how we are to be transformed and to conduct ourselves within it. And one of the aspects of that is the secret life. He teaches us about that in Matthew six. Read with me, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter six. I'm gonna be reading in the Amplified but this is what he says about giving, Matthew 6, verses 2 to 4. So when you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, don't blow a trumpet before you to advertise it as the hypocrites do, like actors acting out a role in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honoured and recognised and praised by men. But I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give in complete secrecy so that your charitable acts will be done in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus says this of praying in verses five to six. Also, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites for they love to pray publicly standing in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets so they may be seen by men. And I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He goes on to talk about fasting in the verses that follow also. See, we know that Jesus just didn't teach us about the secret life of intimacy with the Father and obedience in secret and in the unseen, but he modeled it. All through scripture, we see that Jesus withdrew to lonely places, withdrew to be by himself alone in private, to seek and love and hear from the Father. So that's what Jesus taught us about the secret life, our praying, our giving, our sacrifice, a secret life flourishing in the Lord. And I think that there's a clue there. Um, before we get to Matthew 6 and Matthew 5, Jesus is talking to us about the kingdom of God. It's the teaching of the Beatitudes. And then he goes on to talk about how we are to be salt of the earth and the light of the world and to be a lamp that's on a lampstand. So at first glance, that could seem conflicting because, because Jesus says, show, let your good deeds be seen by all men so that they may glorify your Father in heaven. But can I suggest to you that following that teaching, he comes and he brings us these teachings here in Matthew 6, that the only way for our light to be pure light and purely to shine the light of the Father and to show the world the kingdom of God is for us to have a secret life that is cultivated and flourishing in the Lord. Amen. So what did Jesus teach us about the secret life? That's number one. Number two, what are the signs of a secret life? I'm going to go through this really quickly. Um, get out your notes. 
some of the signs of a flourishing secret life are nine fruits, two choices. Say that with me, nine fruits, two choices. So the nine fruits, you know where I'm going with this, Galatians 5.22 in the ESV, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I could go on about that a little bit more, except Pastor Robert just gave some incredible messages um, about the fruit of the Spirit, which I encourage you to go and look up online. Um, and one of the things he talked about in that is that you emphasize is that you can't bear the fruit of the Spirit by striving, but only by abiding, which is what we've been talking about. The Holy Spirit bears this fruit in your life. He sovereignly ordains or allows circumstances in which you have the opportunity to crucify your flesh, death, 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 yield to the Spirit, and let these nine fruits blossom. Someone with a flourishing secret life, a private abiding exhibits the fruits of the Spirit. So there's nine fruits and there's two choices. I've always been really fascinated by these two choices because it's always been notable to me that these aren't included in, the, in that list of fruits in the Spirit. What are they? Humility and gratitude. Humility and gratitude aren't listed in the fruits of the Spirit, which tells me that they're a choice. And Scripture would back this up. Philippians 2, in fact, the whole heading of the chapter is imitating Christ's humility. And following Jesus' footsteps, we're going to live a life of humility because that's what He did. In Philippians 2, verse 3, uh, through to eight, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Verse seven, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Christ, the Lord, the Lord of glory, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Humility, it's a choice and it's an obedience. James 1.21 in the message, it says, so throw oil, all spoiled virtue and cancerous evil in the garbage in simple humility. Let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden of your life. The vine and the branches, as John 15 will put it. So nine fruit, two choices. Number one, humility. Number two, gratitude. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How can you give thanks in all circumstances unless you are flourishing in the secret place? I think one of the reasons for that is if you are flourishing in a secret life with Jesus, if you are cultivating that abiding that prayer and that giving and that fasting and that sacrifice in secret. You are so occupied with giving thanks to God that you become totally unconcerned with getting thanks. If you have a flourishing secret life, you are so occupied with giving thanks, all is grace, that you become unconcerned with getting thanks. I know for me personally, my gratitude is so connected to my repentance. And I believe we have a beautiful recovery of repentance coming in our world and in our church family. Luke 7, verse 47 in the message, Jesus talked about this woman who broke this alabaster jar at his feet and washed them with her tears. 
and it was utterly contemptible and inappropriate to the religious people who were onlookers. But Jesus said, Luke 7, 47, she was forgiven many, many sins. And so she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. I know for myself, I have been forgiven much. And so my gratitude is much. So maybe if you are struggling to find gratitude, pick up repentance again. Enter into the reality of how much you have been forgiven and let it overflow in gratitude to the Lord. Nine fruits, two choices. And lastly, how do we cultivate a secret life? And here's the good news, because I know in a message like this, it can be really tempting to kind of, I know I was thinking to myself, if I was listening to this, how would I be feeling? I know I might be tempted to feel like I'm just not doing enough. My secret life isn't good enough. I'm a fraud, I'm a phony and all these things. And I think that's how the enemy could twist it. So don't take it that way. Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. How to cultivate a flourishing secret life is not about more striving. It's not about trying, trying, trying harder and harder. It's not about more striving. It's about more surrender. But here's the thing about surrender. Surrender isn't actually a passive word. It's an active word. For example, um, I've had two kids in the last few years and kind of fitness went on the, mm -mm -mm. fitness went on the down. It hasn't been a priority, but if I decide and I kind of have decided actually my fitness journey, I'm getting there a little bit, but if I decide, you know what, I want to, I want to surrender to fitness. I don't just say fitness, I surrender to you. And then all of a sudden I look down and there's a six pack. That's not how it works, right? In that case, surrender, in this case, surrender to fitness, it means like there's actually going to be some activity involved. There's going to be some discipline involved. And that's the same with surrender to the Lord. 1 Timothy 4, 7b and 8 says, train yourselves to be godly. The physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. There's discipline required in surrender. There is active engagement. What does it look like? It looks like what Jesus showed us in Matthew 6. Have a prayer life, have a continual conversation with the Lord. Ask Him about everything and tell Him about everything. If you're a young, a parent of young kids, like I'm there with you, it's really tricky. They're in your room at the crack of dawn and, and all of that stuff is happening. So grab time in the shower, grab time in the car. If you have a wardrobe that's big enough for you to squeeze into, go and shut the door and get in your wardrobe. I know Susanna Wesley, who was the mother of John Wesley and Charles Wesley, um, the, the story goes that as she was breastfeeding and had, I think she had 11 living children. She had a lot of children, um, but she would sit and breastfeed and she would put a towel over her head. And that was how she cultivated a secret life with the Lord. Do whatever it takes, but have, don't be borne along by the momentum of the people around you or the, by the momentum of the gathering or the momentum of the events. Cultivate a flourishing secret life with the Lord. Pray. I mean, obviously we say amen a lot, but as a concept, what if we didn't say amen? What if our conversation with the Lord was never over? What if it was continual throughout the day? Have a prayer life. Don't advertise all your sacrifice. And I think our team is some of the finest at this in the world. You are the most servant-hearted, beautiful people. Um, we, don't have to act, we don't have to advertise all of the things that we do for the Lord or for each other. And be generous 
publicly, absolutely be open and bold about your generosity. Man, let's have, we have a culture in which generosity is constantly on our lips. So let's be that, let's walk that out. Let's have generosity on our tongues, generosity in our actions, generosity with our encouragement, but also cultivate the stealthy kind. Be like a spy. Like how can you be stealthily and quietly generous when no one will ever see, cultivate that. And finally, if you will, look in your little Bible app or get a message translation. We're going to go back to those words of Jesus when he taught us about the secret life and we're going to read from Matthew 6 and then wrap up. This is what Jesus says to us. Be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance out of it. It might be good theatre, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action, I'm sure, the play actors, I call them, treating prayer meeting and street corner alike as a stage, acting compassionate as long as someone is watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. Verse five, pray with simplicity, I love that. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God and just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense His grace. Matthew 6, verse 18, Amplified. Read it a few times again. Read it a few times, going to read it again. Jesus says, And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In 2021 and beyond, the church, God's church, and actually our church, need people with the right kind of secret lives. There will be days and weeks in our future when we'll find out more about people's secret lives. All kinds, all kinds of them. Because Jesus said that, Matthew 10, 26, he said, eventually everything is going to be out in the open and everyone will know how things really are. A secret life won't stay secret forever. And that's great news <laughs> because God won't be mocked and God will be glorified. So for those of you who have committed to cultivating a secret life and haven't seen a reward, can I encourage you that the Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. May he be your shield and the lifter of your head. May he be all of your soul's hope and consolation. May he be your comfort and your strength, your peace and your portion. May he fill your days and your lives increasingly with his authority, with a knowledge of his love and with an authority to minister that comes in a new portion of mercy and grace. Because God is not coming back for anything else than a pure bride. He's not coming back for a successful brand or like heaving events. He's coming back for a pure bride. He's coming back for a community of people who have cultivated a flourishing secret life with him. And that out of that become the light of the world that we were always supposed to be as his church. So in 2021, my friends, let's resolve to have the best, most amazing secret lives that we've ever had. Glory to God in the church. Bless you, bless you. I'm gonna finish by praying the prayer from Ephesians over you. Ephesians 3 from 14 to 20. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. 
that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it and I hope that it, hope that it's really useful to you. If the podcast is useful and helpful to you, if you're enjoying it, then I'd love to invite you to share it on social media or maybe to text it, you know, share a link with a friend. Uh, if you tag Hillsong Creative at Hillsong Creative, uh, maybe we'll repost you. I don't know. <laughs> and if, you, uh, if you're not yet subscribed, let me just take this opportunity to Uh, invite you to do that as well you'll get notified of new episodes whenever they're released also if you haven't heard we've launched a brand new podcast called the praying through the bible with hillsong creative it's designed to help you get more out of the word of god in your daily life so i'd encourage you to search hillsong creative or praying through the bible subscribe to that one too and of course obviously rate it and let us know how you're enjoying that one too well thanks again for being part of us and with us on the journey and we'll talk to you next time